we're in this for the long haul <clears throat> in a lot of ways. Uh, and and I think that, uh, you know, part of uh, what everybody's experiencing is, uh, you know, sort of a growing sense for, you know, things just are, are going to be different for a long, long time. Um, and, uh, you know, if, uh, you know, the, I mean, I think that things have been working reasonably well uh, in Minnesota. Uh, you know, we've had reasonably good compliance for the most part with, uh, with the uh, stay-at-home orders. Uh, but, you know, there's obviously a lot of uh, uh, tensions that have been brewing. And um, as, you know, sort of the, the nicer parts of spring and summer advance, uh, you know, some of that uh, that may increase. And, uh, you know, so the governor has, you know, sort of allowed some things to open up like the golf courses and, you know, some uh, uh, outdoor work activities. Uh, and, and I think we're going to, you know, see more, you know, sort of gradual loosening of um, of the, uh, the reins on this. But, you know, the reality is that, uh, you know, the virus is still out there. And if we stop doing all of the, uh, you know, social distancing activities that we're doing, we're going to see the outbreak pop up and, and, and spread. So, you know, we've, you know, we're still uh, seeing uh, a lot of concern with people in, uh, you know, sort of the congregate care living, the nursing home populations, you know, where most of our deaths are, are occurring. And, you know, sort of maintaining protection for those most vulnerable people is is going to be a a, a challenge. Uh, you know, we saw the uh, outbreak in the meat processing plant in uh, Worthington. <clears throat> you know, which reminds us that you know where we have people, uh, you know, interacting in close contact with each other. It fosters an environment where transmission of the virus can occur. <clears throat> so, you know, even as we start to sort of loosen up the strings on the economy, it's going to be important that that be done in a way that doesn't promote the kinds of interactions that are going to lead to transmission occurring. Um, you know, the, the, the relatively low number of cases uh, and deaths that we've experienced in Minnesota are, uh, are evidence that, you know, we've been able to suppress the transmission of the virus. The, you know, the, the other part of suppressing the transmission of the virus is that, <clears throat> you know, we're, we're not going to be developing herd immunity uh, in the population. So, you know, until we see the development of a success of, of an effective vaccine, you know, some measure of this type of, uh, uh, you know, sort of lower social interaction, <clears throat> you know, physical distancing between people is going to remain necessary to control transmission of the virus. Can you explain herd immunity? Yeah. <clears throat> 
so herd immunity <clears throat> is a process where um, you know uh, there are enough infected people. There are enough people who have been infected and have developed uh, protection that uh, you know if I were uh, sort of infected with the virus, you know, and I interact with ten people, you know, that that um, if most of those people have already been exposed and developed antibody to the virus, then there's no place for the virus to go to cause a new infection. Um, and and so you know that's the basic <clears throat> premise behind all of our immunization campaigns that. You know, if we, excuse me, I've got a little <clears throat> frog here, but uh, if we, you know, have uh, most of the population vaccinated, then uh, then if the virus gets introduced, uh, it has nowhere to go because everybody's already protected against the infection. You know, so this new coronavirus <clears throat> enters a population where nobody has any antibody uh, protection against this virus and so everybody is susceptible uh and and you know as that virus then spreads through the population you know the number of people who have been infected uh and are <clears throat> developing immunity grows and at a certain point uh you know there's there's no more new cases that are possible to occur because the uh you know the the number of susceptibles has been used up, and everybody's already been infected. With this, <clears throat> with, excuse me, with this uh, particular virus, you know probably, you know sixty to eighty percent of the population may need to be uh, have immunity to stop the spread of the virus. And so right now the you know the very first zero surveys uh, are being conducted, you know, around uh, the world. I'm sorry, uh, what kind of surveys? Zero surveys. So so um, this is uh, the antibody test. Okay. So we, we call it serology because you develop uh, antibodies in your in your blood serum. Uh, you know, they, they, they circulate around your body in the in the bloodstream, and so we we detect those by doing a blood test, and we look for the presence of the virus of the antibodies uh, in the in the blood stream. So we call it serology, and so we call a sero survey, meaning we're doing a survey of uh, antibodies in the population. Uh, and and the first of those sero surveys are are really just now being conducted. But for the most part, what they're showing is that um, although, uh, you know, what they're showing is that relatively few people in, in most areas have actually been exposed and developed protection against this virus. So, oh. you know, surveys are finding, you know, less than 10 percent of the population in areas that they've looked at developing uh, developing these antibodies now. You know what? You know the takeaway from that really is that um, that most of the population remains at risk. Uh, you know, even after several months of living with uh, this virus, 
you know, we're still mostly uh, an, an, uh, a naive population with respect to this antibody and this disease. So, so, so the only way to interrupt transmission again is to uh, is to reduce the number of interactions between people that might lead to transmission. Now, the other thing that has become clear and, and you know, it's, it's emerged, you know, over the past month or so is that, um, you know, that uh, a lot of transmission is being, uh, is occurring from people who don't yet have symptoms of the disease. So in studies that have looked at uh, sort of the dynamics of virus shedding, you know, it, it looks like uh, sort of right before the development of onset of symptoms uh, and, and at the time that you begin to start to show symptoms is sort of when the, the, peak, in, the peak virus load is present in the, in the person. So, so that means that most of the transmission that might be going on is from people who don't yet have symptoms. So if one of our strategies is to really aggressively track, you know, people who have symptoms of the disease and, and try to manage their contacts, you know, then that's going to uh, mean that we really have to look at sort of the, the whole household because, you know, there's going to be transmission going on in that setting uh, before people become aware that anybody's infected uh, with that person you know and again that's that's one of the reasons why you know uh, going forward you know we we really need to continue to have physical distance between people uh, because we can't rely on just having people stay home when they don't feel well because right. you know they're going to be shedding virus before they don't feel well, and so if we, you know, if 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 we if tomorrow we start opening up restaurants, uh, you know, then we're going to anticipate that uh, there's going to be people going into those restaurants who may not have symptoms but may be infected and can be spreading the disease in those environments. So it's going to you know, it, it's going to uh, still be a while before things really start to open up. And it is when when things start to open up, they're going to look very different from what they did two months ago. Yeah. So you anticipate it'll happen in stages, reopening? I, I think that's the only reasonable thing that, that, that we can anticipate. I mean, yeah. even, the, you know, the president's plan is a, a staged uh, response plan, uh, and, and I think what we'll see is th that this is going to open up in stages, uh, and, and you know the, the you know the, uh, the the problem with all of this is that um, you know everybody sort of wants to have in place uh, you know sort of the feedback mechanisms so that um, so that if we start to open things up and it looks like it's uh, you know we're, we're seeing a resurgence of transmission you know we can sort of ratchet things back down again you know the, the problem with that is that the you know the nature of this virus and transmission is such that 
you know, if if we start to see a flare up of transmission uh, as we start to loosen things up, you know, it may be, you know, two weeks, four weeks before we actually see a signal that that's a problem. And by then, you know, we're 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 sort of further down the road, and it's that much more difficult to uh, to sort of pull things back. Uh, at that point, and you know, we we continue to uh, sort of have uh, problems with testing. You know, we don't have the the level of testing available through all of our hospitals and healthcare systems to to make sure that we can identify you know all of the people who are actually uh, infected with this virus. Right. Um, so those, you know, those are challenges that we're continuing to face, uh, and will be, uh, you know, challenges uh, going forward. Uh, you know, I know that uh, th- there's a lot of hope in in sort of the uh, antibody tests uh, as being indicators that somebody has been uh, infected and now are protected. And, and free to go about their business. Uh, and and the, the truth is we don't really know how to interpret those tests right. uh, yet. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the scary things, too, is that we really aren't entirely sure if people can get reinfected or not, correct? That, that's, that's true. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, so there, there's a lot that we have to know about that. Um, you know, there we... we you know, with with some diseases, uh, you know, people can be reinfected. They, you know, they may uh, shed virus less uh, aggressively than others. But you know, there's, you know, until uh, until the studies have been done and and we really understand how this uh, virus works and how our body responds to it. We, we really won't have good answers for that. Right. Craig Hedberg from the School of Public Health at the U. Uh, closing thoughts today. Well, I think, uh, you know, again, we're, we're in this, uh, I think, for the long run. People have to be patient uh, and, and you know, treat each other with kindness. So we're entering a period of nice uh, weather to be outdoors and, and, you know, sort of staying healthy. Uh, and 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 active and fit is going to remain uh, an important strategy in in helping get through all of this. But uh, but as we do so, you know, keeping that physical distance uh, and using distance as a barrier to transmission is going to be something that we're going to re-emphasize for the foreseeable future. Wonderful. Well, Professor Craig Hedberg, always a pleasure to check in with you. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you.